Hello, and welcome to the New Life Lutheran Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated, and we explore together how to live the Christian life with excellence. Thanks for listening today. You can find our podcast at nllutheranpodcast.com. You can also subscribe on Podbean, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play Music. If you have any questions for Pastor Eric or would like to suggest topics for our podcast, you can email him at eric.anderson, that's E-R-I-K dot A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N at nllutheran.com. Let's get growing. The science is steady. So present it's The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the first chapter. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, I'm Pastor Ben. It is my privilege today to share God's word and God's truth with you. Well, throughout my life, I've kind of come to a conclusion that in every one of our lives, there's kind of a, a moment of destiny. Right, One of those moments where it seems like everything that's happened in your life, all the skills that you have, the way that God designed you actually makes sense. Like you are the perfect puzzle piece to fit into this specific moment. Now, I don't know if I fully buy into that, but I really felt like that in fifth grade. You see, I was sitting in our school cafeteria, and it was one of those cafeterias that also doubled as the gym. So it was this big room that they would just bring tables and chairs into us so we could eat during the lunch hour. And so we were all sitting there, we were eating, and all of a sudden one of the girls pointed up into the corner of the gym and she said, what's that? And it was this little black thing. I wasn't sure what it was. And some more kids ran over and they started pointing and looking. And all of a sudden I knew what it was because all the girls started screaming and they screamed, it's a bat, it's a bat. And they were pointing and pointing and pointing. And so I finished my food really quick. I scraped my plate because I wanted to see what this is all about. So I went over there. I, I joined in, in all this celebration of something exciting happening in our school. And that's when the moment of destiny hit. I knew what I had to do. So I went into the closet, which was the PE closet because we were in the gym after all. I started rummaging through all the things in there until I found my weapon of choice. I found a baseball. I mean, after all, by fifth grade, I was a two-time Little League All-Star. It was a big deal. So I had to grab my baseball. I made my way over there, and all the kids started surrounding me because they knew what I was going to try to do. I was going to try to knock this thing off the wall. Now, I know what you're thinking right now. You're a little bit concerned about where this is going because we don't want to talk about killing animals in church. But here's my thought. There's a lot of animals that I don't really like that much that people have as pets, like snakes and spiders. That's kind of weird to me. And if you do, don't be offended. I'm just saying, that's not my cup of tea. 
But I don't know anybody who has a bat as a pet, so I feel like this is safe ground to walk on. So this is what I did. I grabbed the baseball, and I reared back. Everyone was watching, and I threw it. And a miracle happened. It went straight to the target. It killed the bat instantly. It dropped it to the floor. I took it outside, disposed of it. And when I came back in the school, I was a hero. (laughs) I mean, all the kids were in awe. I was in awe. It was a great day, right? People were talking about it. The classrooms were talking about it. They went home and told their parents. But here's what happened. The next day, less people were talking about it. And by the third day, nobody was talking about it. There were no plaques and no statues erected in my honor, shockingly enough. I thought there would be. But people just kind of stopped caring. You see, in our lives, this is exactly how life is, isn't it? See, no matter what miraculous thing we experience, the reality is it's always followed by the mundane. And when the mundane comes, the day-to-day stuff comes, no matter how miraculous of a moment that we've had in our lives, we tend to forget about the miraculous We tend to doubt the miraculous. We tend to explain away the miraculous when the mundane comes. And you've experienced this in your life, just like I've experienced it in my life. Maybe for you, it was in school, right? You had a test that you had no business passing, or maybe you were trying to get a certificate or a degree that you felt like you were not equipped to get that degree or shouldn't get that degree. And so what did you do? You prayed, right? You prayed, God, I did not study for this test. Please help me pass this. Even if you didn't believe in Jesus, you prayed, right? God, please help me pass this course, get the certificate and get this degree. And what happened? You found yourself walking across the stage, picking up that certificate, getting that degree. But what happened next? You got your job and you went to work day after day after day. And you picked up your paycheck and you repeated that process And the miraculous wasn't that big a deal anymore. Or maybe for you it wasn't school, but maybe it was something more like relational. You dreamt your whole life of being married. And you were picky, right? It just wasn't going to be anybody off the street. You wanted someone very specific to spend the rest of your life with. And so you waited and you waited and you waited and then you saw. You saw him or her and you were very excited And you were nervous because it would take a miracle for them to say yes to you. But you asked them out or you were asked out by them finally. And you said yes and you went on the date and you got engaged and you got all the way to the altar, right? To say your I do's. And you walked down the aisle and then the next day came. This miraculous moment in your life became the mundane far too quickly. And you went to work and you came home and you had dinner together and you paid the bills And then the kids came and you changed some diapers. You went to work, you paid some bills and the years went on. And all of a sudden you started questioning this miraculous moment in your life. You wondered if it was still as miraculous as you thought it was. In fact, maybe you completely doubted that it was miraculous at all, that maybe it actually wasn't even a good thing for you. Or maybe for you, it's something really, really specific. Something that everyone would call a miracle. Maybe you went to the doctor and it wasn't good news. Or they told you you had something like stage four cancer, right? Something incurable. And the doctor said, we don't really have a lot of options. We can try this one thing, but it probably won't work. It's really experimental. And so you go home and you've lost all hope. 
and you pray for a miracle and you get your name put on the prayer list and you go back for your follow-up appointment and something amazing has happened. The cancer hasn't grown, it's shrunk. Or the cancer is gone. But even after something like that, even something that miraculous, the next day comes, doesn't it? And you go back to work and you pay your bills and the daily grind comes. And over time, you're wondering if it actually was a miracle or if it was just a coincidence. And you begin to explain it away. You see, the reality is, after every miracle in our lives, always comes the mundane. And we see that's true also in the lives of the people of the past. Specifically, we see it in the life of Mary. Right last week, we talked about this amazing moment in her life when she embraced and heard about a miracle that was going to happen to her. This angel came down and spoke to Mary and said, look, even though you're a virgin, you're going to have a child. This is a miracle. And even though you're poor, you're going to give birth to a king. You're going to give birth to royalty. That was a miracle. And even though you're human, you're going to give birth to the Son of God. Miraculous. And if that wasn't enough, the angel also told her that her cousin, Elizabeth, who was too old to have kids, that she was going to have a kid too. Miracle upon miracle. And we see this amazing moment in her life. And we would think that when you experience something that miraculous that you would hold on to it forever, right? You would think that. You think it'd become your North Star, something you could hold on to, that it would always point the way, you would always trust in it. But the reality is, the miraculous is always followed by the mundane. And the daily life came in. The reality of life came in. And Mary had to go home. She had to go to her fiancé and try to explain this. An angel told me, I'm pregnant. I know we've never been together, and I've never been with anyone else. And not only that, it's not just a child, it's God's son. Well, how would Joseph react? She had to go home and tell her parents. What would they say? How could she explain this to them? She had to tell her friends. People would see. The town would talk. What was she going to do? And all that fear And all that anxiety and all that reality began to hit in the midst of the miraculous. And this is what she did. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean country or town in the hill country. So we see that Mary responded very much like probably we would respond in the midst of something like this. Right? When you're stressed out, you tend to run from your problems. And she does that, right? It says she sets out with haste. She runs away from the realities that she's experiencing. She runs away from her friends and her family and her fiance, and she just gets out of Dodge because she can't handle it. It's too overwhelming, and so she runs away. And this is who she runs to. When she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth, you see, she runs away to a specific person, specifically her relative Elizabeth, This old lady who shouldn't have had a child, couldn't have a child, but was having a child. Truly the only person who could understand Mary and trust Mary because she also was experiencing something miraculous. We see something beautiful in this passage. We see that God was providing for Mary. He was giving her somebody that could understand her like nobody else. You see, the son of Elizabeth would be John the Baptist, And it wasn't required that this would be a miraculous birth. It wasn't necessary. 
But God provided that so Elizabeth would understand Mary and Mary would understand Elizabeth. That they could support and provide for each other as God was providing for both of them. Well, this is what happens. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. So Mary walks in, she gives a greeting and something interesting happens. The child moves, the child stirs, the child leaps. Now later on, we're going to find out this isn't just a normal kick or a coincidental movement. It's something very, very, very special. It's actually a work of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit just isn't working in, in the life of this child. The Holy Spirit is doing much more. This is what we read. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and explained with a loud cry. You see, Elizabeth was impacted by the Holy Spirit as well. And the Holy Spirit used Elizabeth to proclaim something to Mary, to comfort Mary. And this is what she says. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. You see, in this moment, Mary was not feeling very blessed. She was feeling burdened. She was feeling fear and anxiety and concern about the future and the reality that she was living in. She was far from feeling blessed. But God was providing Elizabeth to reassure her. Mary, you are blessed. This moment in your life is a blessing and will be a blessing to you. And not only to you, but this child will also be a blessing. It will be blessed and it will be a blessing to the whole world. And Elizabeth continues. And why has this happened to me? That the mother of my Lord comes to me. And so Elizabeth, she continues and she says, why are you here? What do you need of me? How can I serve you? After all, you are the mother of my Lord, which is an amazing act of faith. It's an amazing work of the Holy Spirit that Elizabeth is already recognizing that this child in Mary's womb is God in flesh. God preparing to be born. She says, how can I help you? How can I serve you? And she continues to serve. For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. You see, she continues to reassure Mary in her time of trouble. Mary, this is an amazing moment in your life. It's an amazing blessing. and It is miraculous. In fact, this is how miraculous it is. The child in my stomach, it didn't just stir. It just didn't kick. It just didn't coincidental move. When your child came into the room, in your womb, my child recognized it. And your child is going to bring joy to the whole world. It already brought joy to my child who leaped in my womb for joy. And we see something amazing about God. We see something amazing about Jesus, that he brings joy to everybody. There's no limitations. There's no age limitations or, or, or gender limitations. There's no sociological class limitations. There's not even a development limitation. Jesus has the potential to bring joy and life into everyone. While Elizabeth continues, And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. So once again, Elizabeth continues to encourage. She says, Mary, you are amazing. You are blessed. Because when the angel came and told you this amazing news, you didn't run away. When the angel told you that you were going to carry this burden, but also receive this blessing and this joy, 
You didn't run away. You didn't say no. You received. You said, yes, I will serve you. And because of this, God is going to bless you immensely. Well, as we navigate through Mary's story, and as we navigate through our own stories, we see something very similar. We see that the miraculous always moves to the mundane. No matter what the miracle is, no matter how big it is, no matter how grandiose it is, the day-to-day is coming. The fears and the realities of life, they always come. And those fears and realities of life, they always make us doubt the miraculous. They always make us wonder if it really actually happened or if it was just coincidence. Was it actually God doing something or was it just my imagination? We see that in Mary's life too. An angel came to her, told her this amazing news that she was going to give birth even though she was a virgin. She was going to give birth to a king even though she was poor. And she was going to give birth to God even though she was just human. Amazing and miraculous. Yet the reality for Mary was the same as our reality in our lives. When we experience the miraculous, we still doubt. Because the mundane comes. The day-to-day comes. And our fears and anxieties, they well up. And Mary had the same thing. She had the fear to tell Joseph. The fear to tell her parents. The fear of her town and her friends and the gossip and things that would happen. She had the fear of any mother. Will I provide? Will I be a good mom? Will I guide him on the right path? Will he have friends? Will he be good at school? There's all these concerns and all these realities for a mother. And she was overwhelmed by the mundane. But here is the beauty of the story. God provided for her. You see, God provides in the miraculous, but also God provides in the mundane. Right? God provides in the everyday things of life. And we can expect this from God. You see, this is what we see. We see God perfectly orchestrating a moment in the life of Elizabeth to serve the life of Mary. Elizabeth, she didn't have to be miraculously pregnant, but she was to best serve Mary. God provided somebody in close proximity to serve Mary, to reassure Mary, to help her on her path. And God continues to do the same thing for us day in and day out, whether we realize it or not. This past Wednesday, maybe like some of you, hopefully not like some of you, uh, my family got visited with a special uh, yearly gift called the stomach flu. It was a great moment in our lives. My son got it first, and so Cooper is the name of my son, and he got sick. And so anyways, he, he threw up, and then he wanted to be comforted, right? He wanted to be held, which is very abnormal for him. He's not a cuddler, right? He, is, he squirms, and he fights, and he doesn't want to be held. But when he's sick... He wants to be held, which of course is a catch-22 for a parent, right? Okay, I got to comfort my son. I want to comfort my son, but he has the flu, which means you know what happens next, right? You get the flu. Well, we thought we were safe. He was looking up, right? He was looking better. And my wife was driving home from work and all of a sudden I get a phone call. Kinsley has thrown up all over the van. Not great news, but we can survive it, right? We're parents. We can do this. And so she says, I'm not going to make life group tonight. Uh, I've got to clean this up and take care of the kids. And I said, okay, no problem. I'll go. I'll make sure it goes well. If you need anything, let me know. Well, after about an hour, I get another phone call. Cooper's sick. Kinsley's sick. And I'm about to be sick. 
you need to come home right now and please stop by Kroger's and grab crackers, ginger ale, bananas. You guys know the drill. So I said to my life group, look, I'm sorry. I got to go. My whole family is sick. And I ran home to be the hero, right? This was another moment of destiny. And I took care of now my daughter and my son and very soon afterwards, my wife. And I thought for sure that I was going to be the special one who didn't get this. Well, two hours had passed and all of a sudden I joined in the fun. And now all four of us are sick and we're starting to get text messages from our life group. Hey, how are you guys doing? How are you feeling? Is there anything that we can do? Which of course is very nice, but we're also very independent people. And so the natural response is, no, we're good. We can take care of it. We don't need anybody. Of course, we don't write that, but that's kind of what we're thinking, right? We can do this on our own. Well, some of them, despite that, kept pressing on. No, we really want to help. What can we do? And some of them know us very, very, very well and know that we would never ask for anything. So they just have to do it, right? And so they showed up on our doorstep. They knocked on the door. Then they ran away because they didn't want the flu. And they left on our doorstep these nice little individual cups of chicken noodle soup from Culver's. It was amazing. See, it's amazing what God can do through everyday people that are right next to you when he pours his love through his people to you, we see God provide in the mundane. You see, this is what we learn about our unexpected God. That he never quite meets our expectations because he always exceeds them. And he wants to provide for you in the everyday things of life. Amen. Stay